Get your Bibles out and go to 2 Kings 13. So my sermon is called Why Enthusiasm, or is it Enthusiasm Why? Why Enthusiasm? And I can tell you, you need it. I can tell by the way you're responding or lack of it right now. This began with me uh, uh, probably months ago. On a Sunday morning, I remember walking in here, and I began to preach, and you'd have thought that there wasn't a soul in the building. I mean, I couldn't get anybody to even grunt, much less respond. And the Holy Ghost got on me and said, you deal with that. So tonight, I'm going to be gracious and just let's talk about why do we respond? Why do we run? Why do we shout? Why do we say amen or should we? Why do we do it? Do we know why? Do we even have any idea what's going on in the building? The word enthusiasm is the, is the, is, comes from the word in theos, and the word in means to be full of, and theos means God. It means to be full of God. People who are full of God are enthusiastic. People who are not full of God are not. And that's, we would say, we would use the word spirit of faith. Um, talking about people who, who move versus people who don't. And so a lot of times when we start talking about enthusiasm or something, or we talk about a move of God, people will say, well, I didn't want to be emotional. You are an emotional being. I mean, I've seen you cry. I've seen you mad. Not all of you, some of you. Seen you happy. And God does not want you divorced from emotions. He don't want your emotions rule you. But he gave you emotions. He expects you to be expressive. Thank you. So, why, if... Should we be enthusiastic? Why is it important? And why should we respond? Why should we? Should we and why should we? So I'm going to go back over something that happened to me years ago, even before I married Lisa, so it's been over 30 years ago. When I came here and I was a youth pastor, turn me down a little bit. Because of my finances, I had to get a job at... Is it Albertsons? Yeah, it's not Skaggs here. I get messed up because out west it was Skaggs Albertson. They split. One took half the United States, the other took half. Albertsons took the east, so it's Albertsons. So I went in to get a job uh, stocking shelves. You know, in other words, I got, I got to have some money. I'm a youth pastor. I don't have a lot of money. I'm out of work. I, I do anything to make a dollar. I mean, I got to feed a family. But they gave me a polygraph test because I'm going to be in the building with a few people from midnight to morning. And so they want to know, is this guy honest? Is he a liar? Is he a cheat? Is he a crook? And I never had a polygraph test. Have you, anybody here ever had one? Yeah, you should take one. They're kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I will, but I'll do it under... They'll have to, I'll have to talk to them before I do. But anyway, I took this polygraph test, and the guy's asking me questions, and you understand that 30-something years ago, I was closer to being a sinner than I am now. I still had memories. And I remembered he's going down the thing, and he's asking me, he's telling me how it works, so he hooks me up my body to different wires and stuff to my chest and stuff to my head. And it's reading perspiration, heartbeat. What else is it reading? It, it, it's reading all kind of stuff. So he asked me a question and he said, is anyone after you? 
And I had a thought. God, I hope not. And, and, and for whatever reason, because I'm thinking that, and understand something, I'm only thinking in response to his question. But I haven't said anything, and the meter isn't doing anything. I'm just thinking. And I thought, well, I don't think so. Could be. I hope not. And I said, no. And the reader said, the meter said, liar. And it's, I mean, I'm looking at it going, crap. <laughs> and he says, you want me to rephrase that question? We, do we need to talk? I said, yeah. And I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a youth pastor. I said, but I hadn't always been a Christian. I said, the question when you asked me, is anybody after me, made me think. I've done some stuff, ran around with the outlaw gang. No telling whether anybody's after me right now or not. I hope not. But he laughed at me and he says, let's rephrase the question. And he did. I don't remember what he said. And it, after he asked me again, it, the meter didn't peg I went, whoo. So I passed the test, got the job. But I never forgot the test because nothing moved on anything until I uttered the word no. It didn't pick up my word, even though we're word people. It picked up my body. It picked up my sweat. It picked up my heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It picked up anxiety. It picked it up. That means that your words are affecting your body. The good ones and the bad ones. I'll come over here and preach. God made you expressive. He gave you the ability to speak words and communicate. The Bible says life, death, are in the power of your tongue. Now, we've heard that along the lines of, we do it this way, our words affect us like I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out, and I agree with that. It also could mean, you know, if you say something to your wife and she's in a bad mood, it could affect the side of your head. You never know, you, know, it might, you might get knocked Somebody might smack fire out of you. So, so we understand that our words are powerful, but I want to go another little direction tonight. Your, your words affect your flesh. They affect you. They not only affect you, but they affect the world around you. They affect your atmosphere. You are creating it. You're creating victory or you're creating defeat by your own talk. Now, think about, let's go back to the polygraph test for a minute. What would happen if a person lied and cussed all the time? Would that affect their health? Yes. I was at Don Colbert's office one time, and he was checking my heart, and he asked me, um, um, about did I was have I been angry lately? I went, yeah. He said, yeah, that's part of the, one of your problems with your body. I was allowing things people did. And I justified my anger or my worry until it hurt me. It wasn't hurting other people. It's hurting me. And he said, you are going to have to learn to laugh. Now, we're talking my health. See, we wouldn't go home and go, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you what. 
we think that's doing no harm. That's doing a lot of harm. Now, in a minute, we're going to go positive. But right now, I want to read 2 Kings 13. For, verse 14, are you all ready? Yeah. Talking about enthusiasm. Yeah. Elijah had become sick with an illness of which he would die. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. You remember? That's what Elijah said when he got the double portion. I think that the king is reminding him that there's still miracles left in him. And Elisha said, take a bow and some arrows. And he took himself a bow and some arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. He put his hand on it. Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike Syrians at Apex till you have destroyed them. Now, let's stop right there and let's analyze what's happening. Here's a prophet of God who's given a king the word of God. Now, let's think about that a minute. Because we're always looking for a word from God, whether it's Mary Fran, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a book you're reading, uh, or whether you're in your prayer time, you're wanting to hear from God. What does God have to say to me about what I'm going through right now? And you know what? They that are led by the Spirit of God, the sons of God. And very often, God will give me a word. He'll give you a word. He'll say things to us. Amen. So this is what's happening. Elijah, Elisha did not have words for everybody. So this is a very special word from God. You're going to defeat your enemies. Verse 18, he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said to the king, strike the ground. And he struck the ground three times and he stopped. And the man of God was angry. And he said, why should you have, you should have struck five or six. Then you would have struck Syria until you had destroyed them. But now you'll strike Syria only three times. Now let's stop for a minute. What's lacking here? Enthusiasm. He's got a word. But go back to my story on the polygraph. Even though I uttered the words November Oscar, I was thinking about something when I said the words. See, no matter what you're saying, you can say things, but, you're, but we've got to one day maybe sit here and talk about our thought life a little more than we do. Because it's controlling you more than you think it's controlling you. And it controls you greatly when you're talking. Because when you're talking, we now know what you're thinking. Or not. So the king of Syria does not see himself as victor, though he just got a word. Come on, y'all. So the prophet said, strike the ground. He goes, plop, plop, plop. Let's come back to church. Someone gets up here and preaches the gospel and preaches something and said, my God will meet all your needs. And you sit there and go, uh-huh. Nothing's happening for you. I'm going to say it again. See, you, you may think, oh, I, I heard that and I agree with that. No, you didn't. No, see, you didn't even agree with it. You're, listen, what you are inside shows up outside. If you're jumping inside, you're jumping outside. If you're happy inside, you're happy outside. 
If you're mad inside, you're mad outside. When you're in church, it's your backsliding is so obvious. Your lukewarm, apathetic life is shining. My God meets all of our needs. Ah. Uh, Huh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's there. I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be emotional. You're not being emotional. You're doing real good to show us you're not emotional. Not only that, you're showing us you're just dead. It is true. It is true. Come on, y'all. Are y'all ready for this? I'm trying to get you ready for Jonathan. I'm, I, listen, I, I'd like to just get you ready for Sunday morning one day. I mean, I mean, I preach some real good sermons. I mean, I'm really, I have really come in here with really ready. And by the time I left, I, I was feeling, I'm finding another church myself. I mean, I'm being serious now. I know, I know you think I'm joking, but I, I really have had days when I'm like, are y'all alive? Jesus is on the throne, died on the cross, risen to the dead, seated at the right hand of God, and you would never know you were a Christian looking at your face. Because what you're thinking about is not the word. The, the word of God is not even registering with your soul. And you're walking out going, well, I'm telling you, this week, I hope everything, it, it's going to be bad. It's just going to be bad. <laughs> Even God couldn't help the king. Wow. He hindered God. Had a word, you're going to strike your enemy. Plop, plop, plop. Enthusiasm means to be full of God. What should he have done? Yeah, baby. Man, oh, I got a word from God. Go Syria, we're going to bust your head. 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 My God, I'm getting out of debt and paying off that house. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. God answers my prayers. He's a good God. Glory! Bop, 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 bop. You are affecting your victory way more than I am. Or lack of it. I had a lady walk out one day, she said, I almost shouted. I said, I almost gave you a million dollars too, baby. I'm going to tell you right now, just... Why do we jump and shout? It, it's really a sign of faith. Second Corinthians four thirteen. Go over to Second Corinthians four thirteen. Someone says, "Well, I felt like I was putting on." Well, put it on. You got dressed this morning. We're so glad you put clothes on. I'm glad you didn't wake up and say, honey, I'm just going to go around in my underwear. I don't want to feel like I've been putting on. We want you to put it on. <laughs> Page 95. Before we go anywhere. Let the good times roll, Mark Hankins. I have a friend who's a very wealthy businessman. He loves Jesus very much, attributes his success to his faith in God. He's got a sign in his office that says, you've got 10 seconds to get enthusiastic or get out of my office. Wow. Amen. Amen. Enthusiasm shows that you have a life. Your, your, your pouting proves you have no faith in God. It's not circumstances. You say it is. You, I want you to go home tonight and I want you to look in the mirror and say, 
cut it out. By now, you've had long enough to get your attitude right. Okay, this church has been around a while. He told, I'm sure the sign helps inspire friends and employees. He told me a story how he likes to be around people who are enthusiastic. I imagine that God has a sign like that in his office. When you come in the Holy of Holies, God expects you to act like he is Almighty God. He is the God of glory, the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. There's no one like him. He alone is omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful. His presence is the fullness of joy, and you've got 10 seconds to get thrilled about it or get out of his throne room. (laughs) That's pretty powerful. Mark Hankins, you go to one of his meetings and he starts talking about, we're going, you know, enthusiasm. And people say, well, you know, are there people running around, jumping, jumping and running just to be running and jumping? I'm sure there are. But you know what? When, when you're believing God and he's answered, how would you act? Well, I think, I think some, it's, it has to do with how you think. It has to do with whether the message is your, whether you're thinking and receiving the word or not. If you're not, if you're receiving it, you will be affected physically by that. If you're not, it isn't doing anything. Let's go to, I told you, 2 Corinthians 4.13. The sense we have the same spirit of faith to according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We believe and therefore speak. When you believe something, you're going to say something. Someone says, well, how are you doing today? Woo! That's how you're doing. Whatever you are believing is what you're talking about. Now, you're waiting on everything to get better so you can get happy. Why don't you get happy so everything can get better? All right. We believe and therefore we speak. When you are believing something, your mouth is going to get engaged in that believing. That out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is talking now. So there is a speaking, and I'm not talking about just making confessions in a book. I'm talking about the way you talk all the time. And I'm talking very specifically about in a church service. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Way ahead of myself. Is there power in agreement? Yes. Yes. Let me. I'm, I want to find my scripture. I'm jumping way ahead of myself. Pop up Leviticus twenty six eight on the screen. I want you to show you this. Jesus said, "You can have what you say. You have what you say." You, you, you have what you say. So when someone's preaching faith, you have what you say. Not what the preacher says, what you say. All right. Jesus said if two agree is touching anything they ask, it shall be done. So what do you think amen means? So he's up here preaching, you know, You're blessed coming in. You need to say amen. Amen. Not. I would like that to happen to me. There's a reason that God gave you a mouth. And there's a reason for words like amen. Now I'm going to show you this scripture because I'm going to show you something. Five will chase, this is, this is the blessing of Abraham. This is what would happen if you obeyed God, which Jesus did for us when we walk in love, so we can claim this. But look at, look at what happens. Five will chase a hundred, 
and a hundred will put 10,000 to flight. Is there something happening in the room when everyone is amening and agreeing and responding to the word? Yes! Now, I don't like this word, but I'm going to throw it out. You say, I need a breakthrough. Listen here. Listen, Leroy. Just listen. You can do it alone or you can multiply. He just said if you can get five people, what, a hundred? If you get a hundred of us, how many demons is 10,000? That's a lot of devils running from you today. I mean, if I was you, I'd come to church and go, I hope some enthusiastic people show up here tonight because I've got some problems and i got to deal with them and I'm tired of doing this by myself and I'm going to get a hundred more of us and he's going to say that we're blessed coming in and I'm going to look around and see if I can get a whole bunch of people to go, Amen! Does this make sense? This is an ability, this is a benefit God gave you. And everyone's amen but you. So nothing's happening in your life. Let's go to another one. Let's go to another scripture here. Deuteronomy 32.30. Deuteronomy 32.30, let's just see it. How how could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? I couldn't find scripture, one to put a thousand to. I looked everywhere, I still can't find it. But I know it's in the Bible somewhere, but my concordance don't have it. There are times, Kenneth Hagin said that he would drive all the way to the Goodwin's church to get them to pray with him. Why? God answers Kenneth Hagin's prayer. Have ever dawned on you that maybe sometimes you might need agreement? Why? Because you have not just doubled the victory, you've concentric. Help me with that one. What's a thousand? What's ten thousand? A lot. Do you understand that you're magnifying the answer? You're creating it. Often, and I think Melanie went to Mark Hankins and camp meeting, and a lot of times Marcus gets up and preaches. He's not saying anything we don't already know. You don't go in there and go, oh, we heard that. Hey, Leroy, listen. We know you heard it. Yes. You need that right now. Yes. You need that today. Yes. And while he's saying it, you need to be agreeing with it. Yes. And you need to open your mouth and go, Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. I agree. Oh, yeah. And to the degree you're enthusiastic, we're all going to worship the Lord. Don't be surprised if God doesn't send your victory on a skateboard. I'm doing pretty good. I mean, you're, I mean you're, you're hearing the word of the Lord and about all you can do is lift about a half of a hand and wave a little bit at God. You know, there's times that I turn around because I don't want to look. And nothing ever happens to me. I believe that. 
You remember the blind man sat on the side of the road? Son of David! And they said, shut up. And he hollered more. And he, Jesus stopped. And they went, he's calling you. Why? Because I'm the only one out here hollering. I don't want to appear to be a fanatic. A fanatic is a fan. <laughs> Joshua 6.20, go over there. I think of these things, and, and I, I want to do this. I mean, I don't want to do it again on Sunday morning. I really don't. I, I want you to get it. I want you to start controlling your own self and to have the wisdom to know what you're doing and why. Do you know why we even have church? We're not up here doing just a little teaching lesson. There are times we do a little teaching lesson. And there's other times we have Holy Ghost meetings. So Joshua, and I want you to, we're going to read about the walls of Jericho, and you know the story. But nothing that he asked him to do was natural. I'm going to say something to you. God will never give you a natural answer for a spiritual problem. He didn't get in the Red Sea and go, find some lumber. How many boats? Three million people. We can get about six to eight per boat. And that's going to be about... Tell Pharaoh to hold off a while. These boys have got boats to build. You remember when Jesus, they said to him, it would take this much money to feed it. He didn't respond to Peter's natural suggestion. God will never bring your answer the way you've got it figured out. Amen. That's right. As a matter of fact, very often the thing he asks you to do is going to make your head go tilt. You want me to... I don't... No, that, how would that help me at all? I have a problem. And you want me to dance? Yeah. Come on, God, hold on, God. Hold on. I mean, my mother-in-law's here. I mean, what are people going to think? Let me ask you. Let's talk about this. I mean, I said I needed a new job. And you want me to dance? I don't, I don't, you're not making sense. He never makes sense. That's right. He's not supposed That's to make right. sense. He's God. Amen. If he can get your answer by you dancing, dance, baby, dance. When you read the book, um, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, and I've said this before, in the book, there's a story of Brother Hagin pointing at a man. That was me. Were you there? Was that when you and I and Harley were sitting up? Yeah, I wished I had never done that. You were pregnant with Justin. I was there. Glory. I got to tell you all. I got to tell you all the story. I've always wanted to sit with the big dogs. I wasn't. I was not a big dog. I was a student. And I told Lisa on the way into camp meeting downtown Tulsa, let's believe God for good seats. And she said, okay. And we got in agreement. Well, lo and behold, who is in line in front of me but Harley Fiddler, who's a friend of mine and the campus pastor at Ramah. And so he turned to me and said, Hey, Brother Daryl. He always, Brother Daryl. He's a former Methodist, tongue-talking, tainted with Methodist. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, how are you doing, Brother Darrell? And I said, doing good, Harley. He, we made small talk. And he said, where are you sitting? I said, well, I'm believing God. He said, oh, don't worry about it, Brother Darrell. I'll just have you come sit with me. I'm like, I looked at Lisa and I went. <laughs> and so we followed Brother Harley and then all of the peons, I mean the normal people, were down in the bottom and, and you know, and, and we're walking past all the big dogs and we get to go up and sit up there in the special seating with, the, with the Kenneth Copeland and Fred Price and I'm sitting right there and like, yeah. And I think God set me up. So Brother Hagin steps out and says, well, that night when I was praying, the Lord showed me that I was going to point at somebody and they were going to dance. I had just prayed. I want to do that. I want to do that. I seen them dance like a chicken and I want to do that. And I mean, Lisa remember this and they pointed and finally he said, when I... And I'm going to, well, you back up there in the seat. When I point at you, now you, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. And I went, me? And he said, you. And I went, glory. And I got out of my chair because it's those benches. And I went down to where it was flat and he pointed at me. I can't do it without the anointing. But your, your feet feels like tongues. Anyway, I can't do it. I can't do it in the natural. I wished I could. Your feet are everywhere, and it felt cool. I mean, it hit me, and I mean, everything in me felt like somebody, I put my tongue in an outlet. Amen. So anyway, I get through, and I walk up. All the big dogs moved out of my way and let me sit down because they were like, you're crazy. I told Lisa, I said, I'll never come here and sit with these big dogs again. Old stiff. But I said to the Lord, I said, what's that for? And he answered me because I obeyed him. He said, it breaks poverty. I didn't ask him how. I don't care. But I'm going to tell you, when I'm in a meeting and the Holy Ghost is hitting, I'm... never mind. How does that work? Don't have a clue. Come on, y'all. Anyway, I'm having, I got I got I got to preach tonight. We want when the Pentecostal church. I got to go back in history. When the Pentecostals decided to become dignified, like the Baptist. This is a true story. This is true. They pushed the Holy Ghost out. Because they got tired of being branded as holy rollers and ignorant, uneducated. And they lost the anointing. Well, they're, they're dignified. And there's no anointing in their churches at all. If you ever want to be dignified, God will leave and go someplace else. But when he comes in, you have no idea what he's going to do. And you better let him do it. you a question that actually felt good didn't it you know you're creating the atmosphere around you it'll actually heal your body 
That's, that's awesome, but it's true. Joy is medicine. All right, let's read this. Joshua 6, verse 5. It'll come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people will shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people will go up every man straight before him. Verse 10. Now Joshua commanded the people and said, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice or shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say shout and then you shall shout. Now, there, he's being commanded... But they're going out every day, walking around it. The horn is blowing, and they're going home. Now, what are they doing? The people inside of Jericho have already know about their God, and this is scaring them to no end. They're out walking around, and they go home. And they're like, you want to think about the, the, the anticipation the next day, they line up three million people marching around your walls. Trumpet, they go home. What are they doing? But let me. But I'm going to get here real spiritual on you. Did their voices shove the walls in the ground? Yes, it did. Okay, 620, the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat, and the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. God has given you things in your life that will change at your voice. Now, I was reading Einstein today, and I have a problem because I don't know how to get it off of Facebook onto paper where I can bring it in here and read it. I don't know how to do it. But Einstein said, everything vibrates. Every atom in the earth is moving. The, the difference between gas and a liquid and a solid is the movement of molecules, but they're moving. Even in the chair, they're moving. Everything is moving and everything is vibrating. Your voice is sending out vibrations. Go back to the polygraph. Is anyone after you? Nothing's happening. No. Words changed the vibration of everything in my body. If no changed it, what would yet glory do? I have been in buildings before where everyone was sitting there doing nothing. Everybody in the building was just sitting there going, just looking a somber. And I did this a lot, a lot a long time ago. I haven't done it in a while. I walk in and look at everybody. And you can do it in a restaurant. Just do it in a restaurant one day. And go, glory! And every person in the building will start smiling. And they go. What did you just do? You changed the atmosphere of the room. Glory. All right. Whose benefit is it for you to respond. It's your, it is a huge, huge benefit. You are moving things, 
changing things, rearranging things, and creating your future, you are going out into your own future and going, glory, hallelujah, oh yeah. You're not just being enthusiastic. You have a voice like God has a voice. And he said, earth be, and earth went. All right. All right. Psalm 149.1. Oh, I'm doing good for time. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. There's a reason for that. Verse 2. Let Israel rejoice in their maker and let the children of Zion, that's the church, be joyful in their king, which would be Jesus. Verse 3. Let them praise his name with a dance and let them sing praises to him in the timbrel and the harp. Keep going. Verse 4. And the Lord takes pleasure in his people and he will actually make some of you beautiful again and humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud even on their beds. Verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Why? To execute vengeance on nations and punishment on the people of America who are not living right. To bind up the kings with chains and nobles with fetters of iron. Have you been having a problem with the devil? lately. Why don't you put, come on, put some little notice on him right now. Whenever he's whispering to you and going, I don't know, it's going to be bad, and you stand up and go, well, hallelujah, glory, glory, Jesus is Lord, in the name, I plead the blood, and you start singing and worshiping God, he said you are binding the enemy. You're putting a stop to all that he's doing in your life. More is going on in church than you think is going on. There is a reason God wanted you to gather. All right. First 10, I think. I think there's a 10. There may not be a 10. To execute, go back to verse, go back to verse, yeah to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints. Anybody can do this. You're born again, you can do this. I mean, you go, well, the devil's been after me all day. Well, judge him. Well, I bound him. I cursed him. I cursed him. I... No, 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 sing. Paul's in jail. Beat. He prayed. And... And what? Sing. He sang. Why? You're changing. He changed the whole atmosphere so much that all the chains fell off of him. I mean, he, 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 every demon in hell got out of that jail and all the chains fell off of his body. All right, let's look at another one. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting cranked up good. Spirit of Faith 119. Let's go over here real quick. I got another book. I, I really work hard to come up with these sermons. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said in his book, Ever Increasing Faith, about the shout of faith. God help us to understand this. It is time people knew how to shout in faith as they contemplate the eternal power of God, to whom it is nothing for him to raise the dead. I came across some people who would be giants in the power, but they have no shout. When a church loses its shout... It dies. When a Christian loses his shout, he dies. 
That is the reason the devil's messing with your head and wanting you to hook your mouth up with what he's saying. <laughs> You're done. I don't feel like it. I find everywhere people who fail, even when they pray, simply because they're breathing sentences without uttering speech. You cannot get victory that way. You've got to learn to take the victory and shout in the face of the devil, it is done. And things will be different, and tremendous things will happen for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, y'all are doing good. I, Shuttlesworth is going to be happy and go, somebody's been preaching to these people. Okay, go to the book of James chapter 1. We're going to stand down. We're, going to, we're, on, the, we're on the road downhill. I've got t- 10 more minutes. Book of James. Now, now, if, don't make me come in here and preach this Sunday. Thank y'all. Say, yeah, you won't. Three more. All right. James 1, 2. These people are being run out of Jerusalem. They've lost everything. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing something, there's a reason you're shouting that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. And patience means to remain constant. It also means to suffer long. Let patience have its perfect work so you'll be what? Complete and lack what? Nothing. What does count it all joy do? It causes you to go to victory though you're in a trial. Satan can't stop your victory as long as you've decided, I'm going to stay patient. I'm going to stay on this with God. I'm going to count it all joy. And he said the Holy Ghost will take you to perfection, to completeness, lacking nothing. You say they lost their house. They got another one. They lost their job. They got another one. They lost their donkey. They got two. Do y'all see? This is a weapon for your benefit. Take three arrows in your hand. Smack them. Say, I think this is good preaching. Okay, James, James 3, 2. Let's go to 3, 2. We all stumble in many things. But if you don't stumble in the words of your mouth, you are a perfect man and able to bridle your body. What is controlling your flesh? Your mouth. Not only your mouth control your flesh, it's controlling everything around you. You're controlling the world you live in with your mouth. Okay, let's look at one more. James 2.17. And thus also by faith, if it does not have corresponding actions, it is dead. If you say, I believe in God, and there is never a response out of your mouth. You have dead faith. You have faith. It's dead faith. Is this making sense? This, I don't think it was this afternoon, Lord. Yesterday afternoon, Betty May sent me something from, um, what's his name? Dutch Sheets. Did you watch it? 
yeah, on the, yeah. Hey, I listened to it, and I got in agreement with him. I put my earbuds in. I had my phone, and I'm in my house alone. But it don't matter. He's in there preaching, amen, amen, so be it. Man, I mean, I'm talking about God is talking about what he's doing in America today and what he's doing in this church today and what he's doing in our lives today. And I'm in agreement with everything the prophet of God said. I got my arrows out in the living room and I'm running around the living room. Hallelujah, amen, glory. And he'd say something and I'd say it. And he'd prophesy and I'd prophesy. I want what the Holy Ghost said through him. I mean, I think sometimes we just need to be taught how to act a little bit. There's a book in the Bible called Acts. Can't imagine why. Maybe you ought to start acting like the Bible's true. I'm done. I'm actually done. Stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. What you're doing is what you're thinking about. Well, then change what you're thinking about. You come to church, someone's preaching a message, and you're back there thinking about something else. Slap yourself and go, oh, don't you, don't you even go down that way. Don't you go down that way. You sit there and start thinking about something else while he's preaching. Get in, hook up with it. I've been riding down the road listening to Mark Hankins before, and all of a sudden he say something, and I start thinking about something, and I'm going, you better start thinking about what he's saying. Sometimes I have to stop it, and rewind it, and go, I, I just missed something. Because my brain went off on somewhere else. And thinking about. You're going to have to control your own thinking. But let's go back to what happened to me. I was thinking bad thoughts when I said no. And he prompted the bad thought when he asked me the question. And my body picked it up. My body picked up what's going on inside. When I said the words, my whole, everything in me responded to that. And I thought, if that would work in the negative that has to work in the positive. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I listen to Mark Hankins. I listen to different people preach. I got it in my truck all the time. Don't look and say, I heard that before. Uh-uh. Hear it again. I was at Tulsa and Mark preached on the blood. Fantastic message. I've heard him preach it. I have the book. I went and bought the DVD. I wanted it the way he said it. And when I got home from Tulsa, I plugged it in and watched the whole thing again. I want to hear this again. I want to think about it again. And I want to holler a little more. I'm not done hollering about that message. I want what he's preaching on. And I don't have it just because I heard it once. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want that. And man, y'all are getting it, aren't you? How we react and respond is huge, and you need to know it. You're not putting on a show, and who cares what everybody thinks? You're not worried about things. I'm I'm in the camp meeting. You understand, during that camp meeting, no one had ever danced in the Holy Ghost in a camp meeting before that day. I set the pace, glory to God. Did you know in this church we had Holy Ghost meetings all the time before Brother Hagen or Rodney ever had one? Melanie, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Right now, the Holy Spirit's leading me a little different direction. Are y'all ready for that? Unless America 
has a revival of holiness, we will lose this nation. But we will have a move of God. We will have a return to the authority of the believer and people who are in fellowship with God and we'll see the greatest miracles we've ever seen in the history of this nation. But it's going to be when people come into church and get the sin out. So the Lord's been dealing with me to change my message and I have been fighting with him because he always tells me to do things before he tells anybody, even Copeland. I said that, I said it. I told Lisa when the last recession, I got up and I said, we're headed, and we lived in Effie Drive. I said, we're headed into a recession. We've got to get out of debt. Did you know that I didn't preach it because Copeland wasn't preaching it? Price wasn't. No one was preaching it, so I, I wasn't going to look stupid. And I didn't get up and say anything to anybody. I told Lisa and I told Mary Fran. And she said, you need to preach it. And I wouldn't do it. I don't want to look like a, I'm controversial. Everybody's preaching on prosperity, and I'm telling you, you better knuckle down. This was prior to 88. A year before that, I told people, we're fixing to head into a huge recession. I told people as a prophet that it was going to happen. And I got in fear. I don't want to look stupid. I ain't care. I don't care whether I look stupid now. I'm, I'm, I'm too old to worry about what you think. But here's what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church. You get the sin out. Get it out. Because, it, listen, he can't move. If he starts moving, there's sin in your church. You're going to see the people start dropping dead. Ananias and Sapphira, you, you understand, you don't lie in the middle of a move of God. You can lie all the other times, but you don't do it in the middle of a move of God. The anointing's too strong. So you might want to make some changes before the move starts happening. Thank you. It's quiet in this Baptist church. But he told me, he said, I want you to, st-. that's why Sunday I got up and started talking about do Christians suffer? If you're going to walk in love, you're going to suffer. And, you, and you, need to, you need to suck it up and let your flesh suffer because you need to start walking in love and being patient and kind. And, and you need to, and, I'm, and he's already, and, and see, I've, I fought him. I fought him. I had another sermon on prosperity. I had a really good one. And then Lisa walked in and started talking about something that Copeland's daughter said. And it just hit me and I went, yes, sir, I know. I need to preach what you're saying. May not everybody may not like it, but it not, but I don't care. I'm gonna preach it anyway. Y'all ready? Father God, we're about to step into I'm gonna say four four meetings and three days of, of glory. There's things you're fixing to do in this building exceeding abundantly above anything we've ever asked or thought. There will be healings, there will be salvations, there will be people being delivered, there will be people filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of the goodness and mercy of God is going to take place in here. Tonight, we separate ourselves and sanctify this building that we will walk in enthusiastic about your word. We will be, we will be full of enthusiasm about what you're doing in our life and in this church. And we're believing you for big stuff in our life. We will all hear what you're saying. All of us in this room right now will be changed in that glory. And we will see miracles. There will be healings here on a supernatural order. There will be prophetic words on a supernatural order. There will be direction, and we expect it. And we will walk in here Friday night expecting the glory of God. And when we hear the word of God, we will respond to it. 
will respond to your word that it is the word of the Lord. And we'll smite our enemies. And we'll destroy those enemies that have been coming against us. Whether it's dead or sickness or whatever it is, we will, we will, we will smite them six, five, six, seven, eight. We will smite them until they're destroyed. We won't get halfway to victory and stop. Now, I prepared this room and I prepared this church for your word and for your, for your man, and, and, and we're going to see it. And Father God, thank you for the goodness and mercy of God. You said to follow us all the days of our life. And we'll see it this side of heaven. We'll see it this side of heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I'm going to give you another chance. Amen. You're slow, but you're... you're <laughs> We're quick learners. We're quick learners. Amen. I got one more story I'm going to tell you. I was going through a really, really tough time. Mark was down in Kissimmee. He was preaching on joy. I helped him preach. I mean, he said something and I quoted it. I got, I was sitting about halfway back. I jumped over that chair and that chair and that chair. And I mean, me and Mark had a move. I could care less what was going on in that building. Kenestratus Church. I needed some joy. And I dove in with both feet. I, I got over my head. I just dove in the meeting. Yeah. He would holler and I'd holler and he'd shout and I'd shout. And, <laughs> and when I left there, everything that I was dealing with was it broke, it busted, and fell apart. Amen. It happened in the meeting. Yeah. God knows what he's doing having thing called church and Satan hates church this is the powerhouse all right I'm preaching up it's 817 I went three minutes over hallelujah amen say tonight I'm having a good night I have the victory I'm enthusiastic. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.